Lag Boimer is traditionally considered the yard site of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Now there are many yard sites during the Jewish year. Some which are famous even from the Torah, such as Rosh Chodesh Av, which is the yard site of Aaron or the seventh of Adar, which is the yard site of Moshe Rabbeinu. Shavuos is the yard site of David Amelech. And we don't normally see that a yatzah is a cause for celebration. On the contrary, according to the Milak of Ashkenazim, which is brought to the Ramah, the yatzah of a family member is a reason to fast. It's even brought that as a Tanist Tzadikim on Rosh Chodesh Av, even though we don't normally allow people to fast from Rosh Chodesh, but because it was a yatzah of Aaron Akoyen, so we do allow fasting. And that would seem to be the way the Klai Yisrael uh, approach or relates to Yodzites. And yet, when it comes to Dag Boimer, the Yodzite of Rabbi Shimon Bayechai, so we, we find exactly the opposite. It's a day of celebration, a day where we're allowed to listen to music, and completely different to the normal way that a Yodzite is observed. And what makes it even more surprising is that until now, the first 32 days of the Omer, there have been restrictions on our Simcha. No weddings and no music and no cutting one's hair because we're in semi-mourning because of the loss of the Talmud Rabbi Akiva. So we're mourning the loss of the students of Rabbi Akiva that was the same generation as Rabbi Shem and now comes Lag Boimer, and another of the leaders of that generation, Roshim Bayechai is Nifta. Now, instead of adding that to the days of mourning, this now becomes a day of celebration. How are we meant to understand that? What's also interesting is that Roshim Bayechai is perhaps the only Tana out of a generation, or I should say a number of generations, of the greatest of the greats, leaders of Klai Yisrael, authors of the Mishnah and the Gemara and the Midrashim, who gave us the Torah Shabal Peh. I can mention names, but we Kimat don't know the Yotites of any of them, let alone celebrate or observe them. For a Hidal Azokin, Rabbi Yechlin ben Zakai, Rabbi Yazin Rabbi Yeshu, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Gamliel the Nasi, his father Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. There's so many of the great, great Tanaim who teach us every Mishnah and every page of Gemara we learn, and yet we don't know when they died and we don't celebrate the Yatats. What made Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai unique? That firstly, his Yotzeit became a day which made its mark on the Jewish calendar. And secondly, that the way it's celebrated is so diametrically opposed to the normal way that we, refer, we approach Yotzeit. So firstly, let's look at two Gemaras when Abshun Bayechai himself is talking. And we see from here already him mentioning what was unique about him. 
the Gemara I'm quoting is in Sukkot Afimheim with base, and the Gemara says like this: Chizkei Rav Yirmiyah said in the name of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. What did Rav Shimon Bar Yochai say? Yochal ani liftar es kol ha'olam kulem inadin. I will be able to poiter the whole world from being judged. Biyom shani vresi adata from the day that I was born until now. Vil mala Eliezer bni Imi with the son of Eliezer Rav Shimon had he been together with me. From the day of creation until now. One of the Malchah Yudah was a big tzaddik. His name was Yosem. He would be with us as well. Then the three of us together would point to the Olam judgment. From the beginning of the world until the end. Now, what does that mean to me? How does... Uh, the fact that you have Rav Shem Bayechai together with his son and together with Yerusha Melech Yehuda work to fight to the whole world from judgment. And why was it specifically Rav Shem Bayechai who could say this? And the second Gemara also Rav Chizkiah says the name of Yirmi Rav Shem Rav Bayechai and he says Re'isi B'nai Aliyah V'hein Mu'atim I saw people who ascended spiritually and there are any few of them. If there would be a thousand of these people, then me and my son would be among their ranks. If there would be a hundred, me and my son would be among them. And if there would only be two, then it's me and my son. So out of the B'nai those who are climbing spiritually, the Mishnah Bayechai says there are only a few. And he says it could be a thousand, a hundred, or even two. But if it would be two, it would be me and my son Eliezer. If it would be a thousand, then we would be part of the thousand. And the question he also is, what's he trying to say? What's he trying to say? And what we've tried to learn from this? That Rav Shem held himself and his son to be greater than everybody else? Maybe they were. But what's the point of telling that to us? What's the Gemara trying to say? And also, the next question we can ask, is Rav Shemayichai wasn't certain about that. He said that maybe we may be two out of a thousand. I mean, there may be another 998 like us, or maybe just two of us. What is he trying to What is he trying to explain with that? So let's start with the first Gemara, and let's start with the Yisod, which we learn from the Ramchal in more than one of his farms that he talks about. The idea of a tzaddik being poiter his generation from the dead. How does it work? And he explains that it's obvious that nobody can take away the the just the need for another person to be judged with the various in his mitzvahs. And when it comes to the individual, each individual's verdict in Shemaim, he's going to get judged for himself. A tzaddik won't change the din of a rasha. That's not what you're referring to. But, when it regards to how Hashem deals with Klai Yisrael here in this world, if that's the case, there's a concept of Klai Yisrael being judged together. Klai Yisrael being judged as a unit. And if that's the case, so then we pile up all the collective schism of Klai Yisrael on the one side, and all the collective are various on the other side. 
And if the collective schusim of Klai Yisrael outweigh the collective Averis, then if that's the case, so then Klai Yisrael deserve to survive. Klai Yisrael have been zoiche bedin. Again, this doesn't ameliorate the sentence of any individual who, in his personal accounting, there will be a majority of Averis. What it means is that if we're talking about the collective schus of Klai Yisrael, then Klai Yisrael will be zoiche. And this makes a big difference. Because when the Klai Yisrael collectively have a schus, so then Hashem looks after all of them. When Klai Yisrael collectively do not have a schus, then the tzibur gets punished. And in the case like that, for each individual to avoid punishment is that much more difficult. So that's our first yisak. And that is what it means that a tzaddik can be pointed others from justice. means that the tzaddik's schusim are so much that they can outweigh the, the, the various that the Rishoyim have done. And therefore, an overall Klai Yisrael will still have an excess of merit. Will deserve. Will deserve to exist. Will deserve to get the brachos of the Amanevcha. We don't just find this by Rishon Bayechai. We find the father Tzadikim as well. The Gemara tells us that for 12 years, Rav Yira Nasi, Rabbi Akadosh, suffered tremendously suring, and nevertheless he managed to continue learning Torah even amidst these terrible yisurim. And the Gemara says for all those years. No other person in Chayashal suffered sickness or loss, whatever it may be, because the schus of Rebbe and the schus of his Torah learning in such circumstances made the whole of Chayashal deserving. So then we find the first thing of Shemba says, and that is that his schus was such that he'd be able to outweigh, so to speak, the scale of Averis and be guarantee Klai Yisrael's would have an abundance, so to speak, of Shusim for his lifetime and together with his son Eliezer and Yosem, the king of Yehuda, until the end of time. That was the mind of Rabbi Bayechai. But his Shusim was such that it would be a factor which would save Klai Yisrael. And now let's look at the second name Rabbi Shem Bayechai says. And he says that I saw Bnei Aliyah and there are only a few of them. I heard on this Gemara once a beautiful pshat from Rav Ram Aaron He was a Magachir of mine many years ago in Kultaira. And he said like this. He said, what factors are there that could interfere with the person becoming a Ben Aliyah? A Ben Ali is a person who is consistently growing, who is solely focused on his spiritual development. What could interfere with that? What would prevent a person getting there? And he said there are two factors. The one factor is a person is embarrassed to be different. Because most people aren't necessarily Ben Ali. Most people aren't necessarily Ben Ali. And if that's the case, if he's going to act differently to everyone else, they're going to look down on him. They're going to ridicule him. And that will deter him from doing something which would help him grow, if at the same time it's going to earn him the mockery of his society. And therefore he would rather remain mediocre like everybody else than go the extra step needed to make him into a better 
because he wants to be like everyone else. And the second factor, which could make a person into a non-Benalia, would stop a person becoming a Benalia, and say more accurately. The second factor is when a person has the drive to grow, then sometimes that same person has the drive to be different, to be special, to be unique. And what he needs to do to grow is something which everybody is doing. So then he's not motivated to do it because it's just going to make him like everybody else. If it would be something that he could shine in, that he could be extra good, exemplary in, he would be motivated to do it. But if it's the right thing to do, but it's something which every, the other is doing too, then if that's the case, the person is less motivated to try if he's not going to be seen as being unique, singular for what he's doing. And if that's the case, what Rabbi Shimon was saying, in this name of the Gemara, he says, that's why that's why there are only a few people who are There are those who don't become B'nai because they're too scared of being different. And there are those who don't become B'nai because they want the recognition of being special and they're not going to get that in a society where other people are doing the same good things. And Rabbi Shimon said, that's where I'm different. Where I'm different is that I'm a ben And what's the proof of that? The proof of that is that it's not going to change if there are thousands and I'm two of the thousands, or if there's only two and it's me and my son. If there's a thousand and I'm two of the thousands, I'm happy to be part of the group. I don't have to be different to the other 998. I'll do the same as they're doing and I'll grow with them. And if it's only going to be two, and no one else is doing what I'm doing, I'm happy to do it notwithstanding. And therefore he wasn't coming to say how many Ben Aliyah there were. What he's coming to say is what defines me as a Ben Aliyah is the fact that I'm not dependent on society. I'll be a Ben Aliyah with society, I'll be a Ben Aliyah without society. If the other's doing the same thing, I don't have to be different to them. And if no one's doing the same thing, I'm not scared, I'm not scared to stand alone. Now, these two Gemaras are brought next to each other. And there's something for us to understand here. And that is, the one brings to the other one. In other words, the schus that Rabbi Shimon Bayachai had to be Megan on Klai Yisrael was because he was a Ben Aliyah who wasn't dependent on Klai Yisrael's level for his level. If he'd been somebody who had been, so to speak, dependent on the people around him, what he had achieved, so then he would be limited by his dark. And being as, as he said about himself, he was a Ben Aliyah, irrespective of his dark. So that's the case, he could be so great to protect the dark. And not just his dark, every dark. This is an example for this idea. As an example for this idea, someone like the Vilnagon. The Vilnagon was the god of his dar, and yet he was detached from the dar. He sat in Yudan by himself. He had very little contact with people except for the few Talmudian that he allowed to learn with him. But he was the beacon of light, which gave schusim for his dar and other Hamri dars afterwards. His unstopped Hasmara Satara. It's godless in his learning, 
was what made the Vilna go what he was, and it was, as he said in his time, it was something which was beyond the norm for his dar. After he died, they considered him like a Risha, a generation which had ended about 300 years before him. That's a Ben Ali. And he has the schus to rise to the dark. Now, I once heard from uh, many years ago, from an elderly man who knew the Chazanish. And he said then that people today wish they still had the Chazanish. As a director, as a leader, as a guide. And he said, if the Chazanish would have been alive today, one or two things would have happened. Either he would have no connection to the star. Or, if he did, he wouldn't be the Chazanish anymore. In other words, the the fact that there's a Godel which, on the one hand, is so great that his Chusim protect the dark. But, at the same time, he's not, so to speak, connected to, or held down by, I should say, the level of his dark. That's the example of Roshan Barichai. Obviously, we know Roshan Barichai got this level in the cave. For the 12 or 13 years that he spent, Yayman Valayla, without stop learning Torah, he was disconnected from the door. He had no, no connection with what was happening in Taisha around him. He was secluded from everybody else. And Sham, there in the Ma'ara, where he was, that's where he achieved his level. That's where he achieved his greatness in Torah. That's where also he achieved his greatness in the level that he reached, that made him somebody who could protect the door. Now, this is just a bit of background, because now we have to ask the question. The question you asked before, but even stronger. And that is, if that's the case, that Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachai was a tzaddik whose chusim was so much that they could protect it, not just his door, but all the doors. We understand that only applies when the tzaddik's here. Because when he's here, he's counted as part of Klai Yisrael. And therefore, his chusim were added to the side of the scale of Klai Yisrael's collective merit. And that's why when a tzaddik dies, it's a loss for Klai Yisrael because we've lost one of the sources of merit that we had. So if you're talking about somebody whose merit was so great that he would be able to protect Klai Yisrael in that merit until the end of time. So Kal that's even more of a reason for us to mourn his death. It's even more of a reason for us to make the day of his yasat into a day of mourning. Rather than a day of celebration. So what changed? So we all know, and we mentioned in previous years, the story which is brought in the Zahar and Idra Zutra of the day of Hashem died. I'm going to repeat it again because there's a new depth that I learned in it, which I want to share with you. 
And the Idra tells us the day of Shimon is going to die. So he calls all his Talmudim, he wants to teach them. One last time. There were those Talmudim who were still alive and they came into the room. And the Idra says there were even the Nishamas of those Talmudim who were no longer in the world. Who had come to listen as well. And if Shimon wants to teach them something he had never taught them before. Because even though for years before he had taught them ideas based on the Kabbalah that he had received from Eliyahu Novi in the cave, but he had never explained them the whole system how it all works. And therefore, as we see many times in the Zohar, there were times when the other Tanaim came to him with questions. And when he answered them the question and enlightened them to a new like dimension, perspective in Kabbalah they didn't know before, so very often in the Zohar we find the response of the other Tanaim. They say to him that, what's going to be after you die? What's going to happen to this tremendous Chachma, the spiritual wisdom of the Kabbalah after you die? And so the day that he does die, Hashem Yechai wants to reveal to him the whole system. So they can see the full perspective, they can broaden their horizons and understand how the system of Kabbalah works in much greater detail. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed his agreement to what Rabbi Shimon was doing because even that was Rabbi Shimon was meant to die, the sun didn't set until Rabbi Shimon finished teaching. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him time, miraculously. The day stayed, stayed for longer that Rabbi Shimon could finish teaching. And, therefore, on the one hand, it was the day that Rabbi Shimon died. But at the same time, it was the day that Klai Yisrael were given the, the, the basics, the system of the Teres HaKabbalah, which we have with us. So now let's go back and answer the question we asked before. Let's see it. Let's try and understand. I think a very important point. Imagine it didn't happen, but imagine it would have. That on the day of Matan Torah, Moshe would have gone up the mountain to bring us to the Torah, to bring down the Luchas. And imagine the day that Moshe would have run on the Luchas, he would have died. So there would be two sides to such a day. On the one hand, there would be a day of tremendous simcha. On the other hand, there would be a tragedy. We lost our leader. Imagine that would have happened. Which one would Klai Yisrael have commemorated? Getting the Torah or losing my Shabbat? And it didn't happen like that because Moshe died 40 years later. Not when he gave us the Torah. But that is in a sense what happened in Lagba we got the Chalak of Torah we didn't have before. It was something which was given to Reb Shimon in the cave as a result of the tremendous Yagiyab Torah and dedication to Torah that he focused solely on Torah but nothing else for 12, 13 years. And it was only that, that, that day on the day of his demise that he shared, that Klai Yisrael 
gain that knowledge. So yes, on the one hand it was a desert of Shemadai. On the other hand it was a kind of a Kabbalah Satari for Kla Yisrael. We received a Chalik of Torah that we didn't have before. I heard from Rabbi Yaakov Hillel once that the reason why Lag Bohemir we celebrated just two weeks approximately before Shavuos is part of Kabbalah Satari. Shavuos is the Kabbalah Satari of the whole Torah and now we're focusing on an extra Chalik of Torah which we were Makabah. It doesn't mean to say that we never got the Torah Sakabala at Sinai, for sure we did. But it was something which we lost and had to be re given to us. And we, the, the Lag Bohemers, we got it back a second time. So, what's more important? And the answer is what's more important is the Kabbalah Satara. What's more important is the Kabbalah Satara. Because as much as the tzaddiks, Schus protects the door. We understand that Torah is the biggest protection. And we can say more than that. The tzaddik protects the door. Beschus his Torah. As I said about Rebchaim Kanievsky. So when he was alive and learning. Thousands of dozens of Gemara. Were like a shield around the neighbor. And we saw, as long as Yuchayim was nipped, was alive, no terrorist attacks ever happened in Nebuchadnezzar. Within weeks of his being nipped, then there was a tragic attack in Nebuchadnezzar. So yes, the schos of the tzaddik, which protects the door, is the schos of his terror. And it's true that Rav Shimon's knowledge and understanding of the terrorist and his was unsurpassed. We see that the same Tanoi were argued with him throughout the Babli. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Abba. When it comes to the Nista, they come to him, Makal, everything he says is Teres Hashem. That's true. But the fact that Kal Yisrael now have that Torah is, a, is a, a source of Kayach, of inspiration of an ability to grow and of a protection for Kla Yisrael the Dari Daris for always and so yes it's true we lost the schus of the person of Shunem Ba'yechai the Gemara says about him but in his lifetime there was never a, rain- a rainbow because the rainbow is a sign of Hashem remembering the covenant not to destroy the world which means otherwise Hashem would entertain that possibility and in Shunem Ba'yechai's Dar so because of his tithkos, Hashem never had a habibin to destroy the world. So we lost that tzaddik. And we lost somebody whose protection of Klai Yisrael was maybe unrivaled. But on the other hand, Klai Yisrael gained the chalik of terror. And nothing protects the Jewish people more than learning terror. And therefore, even if it's not the terror on the level of Rav Shem Vayichai, there aren't Bnei Aliyah like him. But the fact that there's so many, many thousands of people learning his terror, so many people, thousands of people, being misale, becoming bnei aliyah and growing and elevating themselves from the wisdom of the Zayar, from the understanding of the Kabbalah. So that's the biggest cause of Kaya Yisrael. The schus of the Rabbi, which I'm learning there. And therefore, yes, on the one hand it's a Yotzat, but on the other hand it's a Dev Kabbalah Satar. And we have to weigh up which is the more important one for Kaya Yisrael's calendar, 
to reflect. It's the Torah. Because the Torah is what makes every individual study great. And it's also the Torah which makes Klai Yisrael great. They say, the Torah. How many Gedali Gedali Olam rose to the level of leading Klai Yisrael, of protecting Klai Yisrael, of elevating Klai Yisrael through the Torah Kabbalah. We can't even talk about the Torah of the Torah of Amorim. We don't even know. But if we talk about the Chassidei Ashkenaz, Shimon Achosid, the Biyod Achosid, and so many of the Ashkenazi Rishonim, the Rikanti and the Rikanti and others who all were Bale Kabbalah, the Ravid and the Ramban, the Arizal and the Islamidim, the Ramami Pano and the Ramchal, the Groh and the Islamidim, the Bashentim and the Islamidim, the Rashash and the Chidah, and so many, many others. So the fact that Ka Yisrael collectively gained that Torah, that's the biggest thing. And the same way that the Gemara says about Rabbi Yosef, that he used to celebrate on Shavuot, so Lamadati Torah Harbi Venisri Mamti. That's what he celebrates on that Boyle. Rabbi Shimon became great because of the Torah that he loved. Venisri Mamti, that's what made him great. But now that we have that Torah too, we also have the opportunity to be learned with Torah Harbe and to become great ones. That's the celebration of Lagwaiva.